the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. I have elected to speak on the love of God, which is something I've spoke on before but haven't done in quite a while. It's easy to lose perspective concerning the love of God. It's easy to get caught up in the worldly definition of love. So as we celebrate Valentine's Day and the romantic hearts of America gathered at the greeting card stores and candy shops and what have you, We all acknowledge that we love someone, but what were we actually saying? While that day does have some religious significance for the Roman Catholics and other religions, it's not really about Jesus. How many of you, I brought this up before, some of the older crowd would remember, in grade school, I don't know how many of you would remember that they make you make a little mailbox out of a shoebox, right? And uh, you put little hearts and decorations and you put your name on it. And then uh, your classmates would come by, hopefully, and put a little card in there that had something on it. And it was a, an experience of love and rejection. But... It taught, it taught you the, kind of the truth of, of man's affection early on. I remember quite well hoping that I would get a card from some person in the class and not getting it. It kind of reminded me of the old Charlie Brown Valentine's episode. That's where, uh, you know, Charlie Brown is waiting for a valentine from the little red-headed girl that he has a crush on, and he's going through all of this uh, anxiety and apprehension regarding this valentine and the one that he wrote to her and whether or not she would accept him or reject him. And I can even remember as a kid getting really frustrated with that whole thing, thinking, can't we just get on to what Snoopy's doing and, you know, kind of get away from all this anxiety and, you know, whining? The issue with Valentine's Day is that many mistake romantic affection for true love. And true love has God at its source. Here is a verse that illustrates true love. 1 John 4, 8. 
He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. He who does not love has not become, and the Amplified says, acquainted with God. Now that word translated acquainted is the Greek word gnosko, and it's a reference to a word or to an intimate knowing. It means a great deal more than an intellectual understanding. So Gnosko speaks of an intimate relationship that is not possible apart from union. And then the verse continues. It says, has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. And that word is agape which is the word that speaks of God's love. Love is the essence of God. It's the character of God. It's the very nature of God. It's who he is. First John tells us it's who he is. You cannot love apart from God, for God defines himself by love. And love is who he is. It's not just what he does. And that's why a Christian is not to try to create love, but to manifest love. We don't create love, we manifest love, because love is the source of our being. We yield to the life of love that's in us, and we express his love. It's an overused word, and it has a worldly model, as I mentioned earlier. And we've allowed the world to redefine love, as we have many other things, and make it selfish and fleshy. The world's idea of love is based in the economy of get and give. But for the Christian, it is a selfless expression of who we are. Its source is in who we are. We love because God is love, and he is our source. And he is ever provoking us to call upon the truth of who we are and express that love. And if you don't know that, you haven't been married Because that's what marriage is about. It's about the selfless giving of a love that your mate or partner may or may not earn. But it's constant. And it's not dependent upon anybody but God. And you're yielding. That's a hard pill to swallow for some of us who hand out our love according to how people earn it. In John 3.16, we read the words, For God so loved the world. Now let me ask you the question, Do you believe that God reasoned that if I give my son, they'll know that I love him and they will love me back? They will return my love. No. Actually, before Christ, man's love was not yet life, and that's what it is to us. Love is life to us. Well, you say, how do you figure that? Because love is the very character of God. It's the truth of who he is. In those days, it was just something that man did, and he was compelled to do by relationship, externals, or hormones. So through the life of Christ, man can now receive and express God's love in the way God intended. But it's still our choice. God knew that many would not receive that gift or return his love. But God so loved the world that he gave his son that we might know who love is. Who love is. 
I've referenced this before, but many years ago when I counseled my daughters and their intended husbands, who are now my son-in-laws, I had them write down their expectations because I wanted them to understand. I wanted them to come to a place through our counseling where they were able to lay all of that at the feet of Jesus because it is Christ that meets the natural and good expectations. He is the giver of every good thing. And everything else you need to lay aside. God doesn't want us to walk around with a sense of entitlement. God wants us to live life with a freedom to receive all that he's already given us. For many that enter into marriage, it becomes an economy. But we cannot expect marriage to be the gift that God intended it to be when we operate in that economy. Because it'll always fall short. You say, Pastor, there's got to be standards of behavior. There's got to be a give and take. And I agree to some degree there has to be those things. But they are not a criteria for giving or receiving love. They're not a basis for which you either give or receive love. Agape love is a supernatural, selfless love that only the new creation child of God can give. It sets us apart from the world. Agape love is the Christian's greatest expression, the greatest manifestation of the life that is in us. That's why we're called to it again and again through the Word of God. It's not because God wants us to manufacture these emotions. It's not because God wants us to to work that up within ourselves. It is because He has placed His very character and life through His Son in us, joined His Spirit with us, and given us the capacity to express in a supernatural way a love that goes beyond who we are in the flesh. Again, it sets us apart from the world. It makes us different. God is love. And unless we know that, we cannot live the Christian life with any degree of freedom. We'll live in a relationship with God that mirrors the vulnerable, weak relationships of flesh, which are based in our perceptions of one another. You cannot possibly enjoy God if you don't understand your relationship with him. If you don't know who he is to the fullest. If he is love, then why do we come in fear of rejection? Why do we come withholding ourselves, afraid that somehow we may either give too little or too much? If he is love, can we not be abandoned to act freely? In context of who we are, can't we give? But unless we understand that, we don't have the freedom to do that. It is agape love that motivates the Christian and compels them to live in an intimate relationship with their God. You thought maybe it was your idea, or maybe you just picked it up in Scripture. But if you have any desire to draw near him... If you are compelled with a desire to hold your relationship with him close, if you have a hunger or an appetite for him daily, again, the enemy would like to convince you because it's such a huge, huge gap between where you are and where you ought to be. And that's the accuser's voice. 
The fact that you have that appetite is really the truth of who you are. It is that love that compels you because he literally made you animated with that love. And he gave you that love so that you would return that love unto him. It is that love calling out to him. It is that love that seeks to be returned. It is that love that is, pardon the use of the word, desperate to know and to love him. And that love will never go away, by the way. That's eternal. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Now, the word translated controls is the Greek word suneo, suneo. And it really means to hold together, to compress together, to press on every side. It is God's love that holds us, and it is God's love that keeps us. And the picture that is given there is of a besieged city that you could not escape from, that you could not drive off the aggressor, But you were trapped and held captive by this. Now, here's the thing. We're not talking about God holding us with a chokehold. We're talking about love's embrace. And what's happening here is that God is literally holding you together with his love. So that you can operate in the freedom and the assurance of that love. The enemy keeps us from living out of the truth of who we are by constantly making us feel threatened before God for one reason or another. That love secures us in such a way that we are not in any way threatened and can literally operate with the liberty and freedom. This is the law of liberty that we read about. It is the confidence in that love that allows us to go forward without fear. We have the capacity to love without any hope of it being returned because we know that we are loved and fully accepted by him. That's hard. You know, I just illustrated that in in school. You know, for a kid, he's afraid to put himself out there because he's afraid of rejection. And don't tell me, you adults sitting out there, that you don't deal with that on a regular basis. But it's not our battle. Because we don't come from a position of weakness. We come from a position of love, secure, literally wrapped and held by the determination of the love of God. There is not a single thing in this world that can keep you from loving. Nothing. That confidence moves us forward. This love can endure anything. Those of you who have this love, Ginosko, know that this is true. You know why you know it's true? Because you've tested it, haven't you? You tested that love. You do it all the time. Maybe not intentionally, but you remember the scenario because you've lived it out. How many times have you fallen or failed and you know it 
And you come before the Lord all penitent and, and crying out to him. And, and, no, I'm so sorry. I know I said I'd never do it again, but I did it again. I'm so sorry, Lord. You know why you're saying all of that? Because you're scared to death that God is somehow going to hold you accountable and reject you. That's why you're saying all that. Because you have a vision of God that is based upon your flesh, not upon the reality of who God is. That's why you're praying that way. I live in the liberty God intended when I, by faith, put my trust in his love. We have immense liberty because our faith is supported by two pillars, God's sovereignty and God's love. One without the other would be worthless, wouldn't it? A God that loves you but is not sovereign cannot save you from anything. And a God that is sovereign but doesn't love you is one to be feared. Right? Love is the premise of every command of God. Everything that he calls us to by way of obedience is premised on his love for us. It's because of his love for us. Repentance is now returned to the reality of his love. And we get that one completely out of kilter, don't we? Repentance is you returning to the reality of the unwavering, unchanging, unmovable love of God. We no longer repent out of fear of rejection or judgment. We turn and run toward our Father out of love. Now, I've mentioned this many times, but you remember the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, and it's about the father's unwavering love for the son and the restoration of the son. And the father, he's looking and watching for the, for the son to return so that he can restore the son. And the father runs to him with arms open wide. And can't you see it as the son is returning? He's already practiced his speech, and he sees the father running towards him. I'm sure that the accuser says, oh man, I better take off running. Here he comes to get me. I better, I better head out of here. He's going to get me. Don't you think? Well, the reason he didn't is because he's got nowhere to go. The father wasn't out to get him. The father was out to love him and to restore him. We have that same father. What do your emotions believe when you return to him after you've sinned, failed? What do your emotions believe about God's reception of you? Repentance is returning to be blessed. Did you get that? Repentance is returning to be blessed. We believe that repentance is proving to God that we're sorry and are determined to never sin, at least in that way again. Repentance doesn't make us worthy. The new birth already did that, right? Repentance is about returning to the arms of the Father and living once again in the place of our birth, participating in our heritage, the prodigal son. It is returning to divine sanity that allows us the liberty to enjoy our God and our love relationship without distraction. Paul, in acknowledging that he had not yet reached the perfection to which Christ had called him, wrote, Brothers and sisters, this is Philippians thirteen fourteen. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I made it on my own yet. But one thing I do, 
Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, the father was not interested in the prodigal's past, was he? Just that he came back and he left behind where he had been. He returned. You know what that is? That's repentance. Paul's relationship with Christ had taught him to leave the past behind, to move ahead. Because being fixated on your failures, your weaknesses, all the times you've blown it in your own mind, being fixated on the accuser's accusation will not move you into victory, will not allow you to recognize the love of God, will not allow you to walk in the confidence of that love, will not allow you to mature in truth, because you will be trying to mature in flesh. That's the issue. Out of love, he calls us to obedience. And obedience is where we truly come to know his love. 1 John 5, 3. For the true love of God is this, that we habitually keep his commands and remain focused on his precepts, and his commandments and his precepts are not difficult to obey. The true love, that word there is agape. And it's a supernatural, life-giving love of God. It is agape love that empowers you to keep, and that word keep is the Greek word tereo. And it means to guard his will for you. You can't guard what you don't have. You cannot be obedient apart from his love. You might have compliance, you might have an economy for acceptance, but true obedience is birthed out of love. And love drives us to walk by the Spirit. And it's natural. So what he is saying, to keep, to guard his commandments, and what is embodied in his commandments is his desire for you. Okay? It's not the Mosaic law. It is his desire for you to express the fullness of his character. And you know why? Because God wants everybody to see his character? No, so that you can see his character. So that you can know his character is in you. That's how we come into the revelation of it. God's not asking you to do something that's going to prove to you that you're so unworthy, that you're so unlovely, that you can't possibly make it on your own. God's not asking you to prove. He knows that. What he wants you to prove is the truth of all that he has made you to be. Affirm it. And the reason so many Christians are like boats out there rocking in the sea with their belief system is because they don't express the truth of the person of Christ. They express the knowledge they have of their God when they express it at all. Knowledge will not hold you. The person of Christ will. He wants you to guard it. Guard your love for his word. Guard the truth of what he has made you to be. Hold it close. Obedience to the spirit of God is love being manifested. Everything we're compelled to do by God is done in love. Without love, it has no substance. First Corinthians 13 tells us it's an obnoxious noise, right? 
We keep, guard his commands naturally because they affirm his love for us. And that is our reward in this life, to participate in our spiritual reality. You know, we think that our reward in this life is the things that he blesses in our temporal world. We think our reward in this life is what insights and the things that he may reveal to us. But the true reward of this life is the expression of his life and power in you, of who you are in Christ, the revelation of that. That's the true reward of life. Why did Jesus come? I came that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. Well, the full of life is the full expression of truth that he has already placed within you. And we are maturing by degrees as we grow in the understanding of what that means. We are rewarded through the participation in the work that he puts before us. Love is its own reward. Obedience is the outworking of intimacy with him. Not out of fear, but out of love. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love and is not grown into love's complete perfection. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.